1: This is a call from an inmate at the Indiana State Prison. My name is Phil Chalmers, and I'm a serial killer profiler. How many murders are you responsible for? 36.
0: 47 to 52.
1: I found Sister's Killer. I want to see him face to face. Listen to
2: Where the Bodies Are Buried, a true crime podcast,
1: on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, my name is John Paul Kermy. I am a breathwork teacher. I'm really excited to be doing this new podcast with my good friend Feldy called Hang Up.
0: That's right. I'm John Feldman. I'm in a band called Goldfinger. John Paul taught me breathwork. It changed my
1: life. We're talking about solutions to problems today. Listen to Hangups on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, what's up? It's Scott Lips, and you are listening to Lips Service today. Today in the studio, we have Canadian singer, songwriter, and producer, an all around great guy, Goody Grace. Goody, what's up, my man? I'm chilling, man. How are you? I'm good, bro. We just, uh, truth is, we just connected about a week ago. It was awesome, and uh, I was so impressed with everything you have going on. So I wanted to introduce for all the listeners that don't know Goody, an amazing emerging artist on tour with Charlotte Lawrence coming up. Um, Yeah. Music coming up. You've done like so many great things. I think we'll talk about the fact that you are a producer and singer songwriter, and you work with everyone under the sun, from G-Eazy to my buddy Jesse Rutherford, which I didn't know when we hung out the other day. Oh, for I've real? known Jesse for years; great dude. Yeah, uh, Nash. Who am I forgetting? I know there's other people you work with. I can't remember all of them.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, Travis Barker, MGK, yeah. everyone, everyone. I, I, want, I, want, I think it's. <laughs> so. I
1: think your story is actually particularly really interesting when you're talking about the newer generation of artists, Goody, and like how you sort of you know, make it these days from being, obviously we have a lot of heritage artists on here too, and I think the new generation and and what you have going on is super interesting from your writing process to your producing process to how you met people like Jeezy to I even know that like Blink-182 was one of your favorite Mm -hmm. bands growing up. Yeah. So it's got to be pretty incredible. You told me the other day, you just did it, you actually were brought out on a a song for them. So your entire path and your journey to me is super interesting how you started. You grew up in Canada, right?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. In a province called Manitoba.
1: Like a super small town?
2: Yeah. It's called Selkirk. Uh it's like right in the middle of Canada. What's the um, population
1: there in Canada?
2: I think Selkirk probably just hit like nine thousand. Um, so that's
1: like someone's high school or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like nine thousand yeah. people. Wow. But
2: the the nearest big city's called Winnipeg. All right, um, sure, sure. That's like half hour south from my hometown. But um
1: Who's the biggest artist out of Winnipeg? Um now, there's obviously a ton of Canadian artists, Drake Bieber, whoever yeah. but, but in terms of Winnipeg have they had Winnipeg
2: any? actually Neil Young's from Winnipeg, oh he is, okay well that's a yeah, but rose. a lot of people don't know that I didn't know that yeah, I didn't even know Neil Young was Canadian, I don't think he really claims it like <laughs> I do um, but other than that, I mean I don't really know i feel I feel bad like not shout out some Winnipeg <laughs> artists, but
1: well, for the record there's not we, too many yeah you and I spoke about Canadians are definitely the nicest people I don't know if they just get that. <laughs> your uh, your buddies here, so would you attest to that fact too? completely, completely yeah Canadians <laughs> are really just super nice people. so take me back a little bit to the beginning. I know you grew up in a super small town, mm-hmm. nine thousand people, yeah, obviously clearly not a ton of musicians from there. No. and I think from like a young age, you started playing guitar at like four, and you were like driven it's it's crazy to me how kids are so driven at such a young age now and can literally pick out a career goal at, like, yeah. eight years old, right? Yeah. So did that kind of, I mean, I it, without sort of, obviously, when you're eight, you're not really comprehending that this is a career for you, but did you sort of know pretty early on, like, how early did it come to you that music was sort of your path in life?
2: Yeah, it, it was, like, I didn't even really think about it. It just kind of chose me. Um, it was, like, all I dedicated my time to from, like, when I was five onwards through, through um, you know, all elementary. I was just learning guitar and, like, learning songs and um, just trying to learn. I was just, it was the only thing I was interested in at all, like um, researching music and, you know, playing guitar. Because
1: you grew up around, I, I actually read somewhere that you grew yeah. up around country music a lot, right? Yeah, like the yeah. Like old heavy. school, Hank Williams. and Yeah, I grew up with guys, Johnny Cash. Right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, my mom and my grandma, you know, raised me. We all lived together. And uh, they just listened to, like, Fresh out, like, when I was born, it was, like, a lot of Elvis who I've tatted on my arm. Um, Elvis, like, Marty Robbins. skinny Elvis
0: or the heavy set Elvis? I got the skinny Elvis. All right.
2: Maybe I'll get fat Elvis on my arm. That could be good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, Marty Robbins and um, Johnny Cash and, you know, uh, all, like, old country music. It was was pretty crazy. Um, But then I had an older brother and and an uncle as well that, like, taught me, like, put me on all the cool like rock music and you know so I, I was just like since a little kid so like eclectic in what i listened to and i just loved i didn't like discriminate any type of music i loved it all and i wanted to learn everything about it so like if i had like you know i was really into like my chemical romance um
1: and the smith's right and the cure and stuff yeah like yeah sort so, of like dark pop I yeah say.
2: very dark yeah. <laughs> but i would go back so like I was obsessed with My Come They put out The Black Parade. I'm, like, looking up YouTube videos, like, learning everything I can about that album. And then I'll hear in an interview jarred way, the singer would be, like, yeah, and I would listen to Morrissey and The Cure and stuff. So I'd be, like, oh, well, how can I get into that? So I'd look that up. And the next thing I'm in, like, a Smiths rabbit hole learning all their stuff. And then Morrissey's, like, I was inspired by Oscar Wilde. So then I go back now, I'm reading, like, Oscar Wilde books. So, like, I was just obsessed with, like get into the source, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: because but, the Smiths and the Cure and all those guys, they took from, I mean, I know the Misfits were also, yeah. we were talking, actually, it's funny, the other night, day at rehearsal, we were playing the Misfits bass player's bass. I saw I that. I feel like you commented on no, that. I it, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I got the tat right here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That logo is like forever timeless, and we were talking <laughs> so about, good. they're playing like the Forum now. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? And we were talking about that. that missed that, it, yeah. Yeah, the logo becomes so synonymous with like a generation. They mm-hmm. don't even know what the music is sometimes, but the logo became almost as important as the music, it's crazy. I got
2: into The Misfits, like, super crazy because I was really into, like, Slipknot and, like, Insane oh. Clown Posse and, yeah. like, all these things of, like, the horror element. And, you know, so when I found The Misfits, I was like, damn, this is, like, a scary movie, like, through punk music. But yeah. it sounds like the, like, 50s, you know, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, I was super intrigued by that. I um, never
1: really understood in saying Clown Posse. You mind, like, explain <laughs> it's, to it's, me what, the, what was the attraction? Man, it's Anna.
2: like, I'm super into concept albums. Okay. And I just like when there's a really dedicated theme. So, like, all their albums are, like, continued. It's about, like, a traveling carnival. It's, okay. a, it's a whole rabbit hole. You can yeah, I mean, I,
1: I, I definitely <laughs> spent a few minutes looking at it, but I just didn't quite It's cool. And that.
2: they're, like, I'm pretty sure they're fully independent. Like, they've got this whole cult following going definitely. on and
1: hey man respect because they built something definitely cool right with what they got going on but so the, <laughs> the love for like the dark pop stuff kind of came from all those references right yeah. and then you kind of because there's also a visual element to it that you took to right from the mm-hmm. ar- the artist stuff to the comic books yeah just yeah. sort of the whole vibe of everything and, and in a way because people can't see what you look like sitting here but you've applied that to your own spin on things which i yeah. describe your music as like one part pop, one part dark pop, a little R&B, hip-hop. It's like a blender of all these yeah. great musical Thank styles. You, yeah. So in a way, you kind of took all that and you also applied that dark pop kind of like yeah. aesthetic to what you're doing, right? Because there's not a lot of guys doing what you're doing, I don't think. Because your, your stuff is a bit more poppy than like, it's not like super heavy aggressive alternative, right? right? Yeah. Wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah, I would fully agree, yeah. Yeah, so. And I think that's just, um, you know. A, b- a build-up of all my influences, and and at the same time, you know, everything. I still like pop music, and I still like love Ed Sheeran as much as I love like The Smiths, so like, yeah. um, or like Drake or something. So, I just think. It's been this weird build up of everything I've listened to and, and like and like studied that is what has made me, you know.
1: How important was the visual aspect to you when you started building I mean, you were still young, right? So you so I guess just chronologically, you're eight, you're ten, you're twelve, you got yeah. country influences, you got these dark pop influences sneaking in around I guess your teenage years, right? Yeah. The my chem years, I guess. You yeah, recall. I mean
2: that the my chem and blink and stuff was super young. Like I um my mom just sent me a like notes of me writing in a book from when i was six years old i think and i was writing down like the, the guitar tabs of of bling songs i mean crazy right? <laughs> yeah. like who does that It's six <laughs> and one of them was adam's song which i just performed with them at the forum amazing um, yeah it was super crazy. When,
1: when life sort of you know intersects with you know your youth and everything and then you know, all of a sudden <laughs> you're on stage with your favorite band when you're a kid and you're like how oh, the fuck did i end up here it's That's gotta wild. be a crazy feeling oh, we're allowed to swear yeah, I mean Sweet. it's uh, you know go, it's go on go. Apple Music, so as long well we just put the explicit sticker on it, so Sweet. it's all good. You know? I don't swear, not that a much, real but sticker, but the uh, explicit sort of uh, wording. But yeah. but yeah, so so and So I guess at that point you're kind of like, hey man, I love this artwork. I love what this thing stands mm-hmm. for. I kind of think at 15 I might want to do this like full time. It wasn't eight, right? It wasn't, no, but it was definitely like a natural progression, I guess.
2: Yeah, my mom got me a MacBook for my ninth birthday, and I made like a full album um, when I was nine.
1: I mean, how? I don't even (laughs) understand I can talk about it. I was just, uh, yeah, no, it
2: was wild. And maybe I'll like put it out one day because I just found the MP3 files. Yeah. um, Because I like burned it on a CD from my grandma, and it was like the one CD that existed. And I was like, I have to, you know, burn this back to my computer so I could like salvage these MP3 files.
1: How is it, by the way?
2: I mean, it still kind of stands up. Like Is we were it good? just listening to the other. Yeah, it's like it's it's a quality production. Is it? Um, was I, it said, did you listen to it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have like his nine year old Goody's voice, but <laughs> right. um, the beats and stuff. I mean, I was just going on YouTube and like there's like some Nirvana covers, some Frank Sinatra covers. Oh. it's all covers. Was
1: it like a mashup, Nirvana and Sinatra? Nah. Uh, nah, but <laughs> it's like a
2: nine song project. Like, I, I don't even remember doing it.
1: At nine years old. Crazy.
2: Yeah. So, but so that would have been the start of the producing. And it was just really because there's no studios or anything in Manitoba, really. So, I just had to learn to do it myself if I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, what do you
1: do growing up besides you're into artwork, comic books, movies, TV? Yeah. Is there anything to do in Manitoba growing up besides? Nah, that? and it's cold as shit outside. Cold as shit. So, like. What are you going to do, you know?
2: What do you do? You either, like, get into trouble or, or just, like, find some hobbies or, or play hockey, Yeah. which I'm not, like, the most athletic person. So, yeah, I'd be reading comic books, and I was just, like, a nerd, but, but it was funny because I was a nerd, but I also was, like, out and, like, always with friends, so I just didn't care. Like, I feel like when I should have been studying school, I was, like, studying, you know, music and And, and visuals, all this. too, I guess, right? Yeah. It's funny because I've never really thought of myself as a visual person, but everything I like... It has, like, a strong visual sense, Definitely. so...
1: No, and I heard you talking about Twin Peaks and the color yeah. of water and your tat. You just shape got a of new water. tattoo, right? Shape yeah, of water, I have a Shape Water tat. I have a Twin Lionel Peaks tat as well. Yeah. yeah. so Twin Peaks, like, I
2: love Twin Peaks. I was obsessed with that from... I'm like a little kid like I just thought it was so cool
1: but you can tell even from the aesthetic of your videos cause they're like moody some of them and black and white and a little dark but not too but, dark yeah right? the
2: two shots video is like a direct reference to Twin Peaks
1: yeah so obviously and I's wide shot yeah, yeah that's funny like how you're you're growing up and your TV references like yeah. lead into your musical life now right yeah what else were you listening to
2: man well it was this really funny thing of I was obsessed with Blink obsessed with My Chemical Romance um, like brand new all that emo stuff And then there was like this weird shift where I got really into Bob Dylan, like insanely. Like that's how I learned to like finger pick guitar. I would just sit there and like learn it. But at the exact same time, I got really obsessed with Three Six Mafia. (laughs) 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 So like I'm learning like how to play guitar like Bob Dylan, but I'm like trying to recreate like, you know, the beat to like slob on my knob and shit to like learn to produce like that. Because I just really thought there was like the coolest beats in the world. So uh-huh. you
1: were veering more towards being a producer at a young age, it sounded like, than actually yeah. a performer. And at some point, yeah. you kind of... Well, you I would a- always
2: play, like, random, like, talent shows. Like, I, like, once won, like, a $100 because I went and played, like, an AFI cover at a talent show. Like, I would do random stuff, but I was super shy. Like, I didn't really think I would be, like, a performer. Yeah. But then when I was, like, 12, I started recording, like, raps over, like like three six beats and like Jay Dilla beats and stuff and Garage GarageBand. And that would be the first music where I was probably like, this is what I want to do. But while I was recording like rap music, I was recording like Bob Dylan covers and like Jack Johnson covers too, just to like learn how to do it, Yeah, you know?
1: It's interesting, do you think because obviously I grew up playing in bands my whole life and we didn't have GarageBand and then I got to experiment it with a little bit growing up and mm-hmm. I by no means am a producer or a songwriter. I'm uh, incredibly novice at both. But I just think, like, having that technology at your fingertips, and especially when you are growing up, yeah. do you think that's sort of a lack of why there's not more bands these days? Because you have all the technology right. at your fingertip to be a one-man band, right? And come out with, you know, because yeah. back in the day, you used to have to literally, like do everything. You'd have to get in a room and just knock it out with guys. And it was either gelling or it wasn't. You'd have to find different band members. Yeah. And swap it out. And so, yeah. So now do you feel like that has something, even the way your career was shaped? Cause I even love the story and, and we're going to get into, but you literally sort of moved out here and got signed via Twitter. Yeah. Right through Cisco Adler, which yep. I think is a great story. So <laughs> yeah. uh, tell me that story and how that happened. Because up until that point, you were just messing around, you are playing talent shows. Mm-hmm. And I don't know at what age that happened. But again, that's just another way where technology found its way into your career, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, I was like, me and my friends would like rap and record raps. And I would like burn them on CDs and we would like play them at like high school parties. So it was like kind of a known thing that I was trying to do music because, you know, I would like. Just started, like, rapping at parties and stuff. And, like, I was rap, like, but still, like, singing. Like, it was kind of what, you know, ended up happening with music because I just really was, like, kind of early to being, like, I like all these, so I'm going to try to do all of them,
1: you know? But also, there's not a lot of rappers, I'm assuming, in Manitoba, right? You're, like, the only one that was there, too. No, I mean, what's funny for
2: for the Winnipeg scene, it's probably mostly rap. Is i it? would say yeah there's but, some really cool artists out of winnipeg but your town in, in particular
1: is only nine thousand people so yeah, I, there's not like anyone. a plethora of rappers <laughs> <No>. there <you laughs> nah, know, but, so
2: it was kind of like known that i was like trying to do music and i was in a band on the side but i just played bass in the band i didn't even sing or nothing yeah what was the name of that band we didn't even like really have a name but we would just played like a like talent show at school we we covered like all the small things and like cool. a couple of misfits covers Blink covers um but then I started really like focusing on music and I would put up some stuff on YouTube and like, put, you know, just, I was just like trying to do whatever. And then that's when me and Cisco got connected through Twitter. Cool. And,
1: um. And would, had you been a fan of his music before? Yeah. I, I really cool.
2: liked like all the Swayze stuff. And Yeah. I liked that and, record. That was some good record. Yeah, man. And, and, um, he was on tour with this guy named Mod son who was, yeah. uh. Bella
1: who, Thorne's ex now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah.
2: And, uh, Mod was, uh. He was super early on to me, too, and, like, they just all kind of followed me on Twitter and was just, like, seeing what I was doing. I'd, like, put up videos of, like, beats I was making and just, you know. So, so they, but
1: was it sort of YouTube that kind of led to
2: your discovery then or Twitter? Mostly, like, Twitter, yeah. Twitter, okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say, like, I wasn't, like, a, you know, like a Justin Bieber, like, YouTube-found situation. But,
1: right. um But you were still putting videos up there. Yeah. The videos weren't just on Twitter at that point. No, part. yeah, I
2: was just, yeah, everything covers and, and, um, yeah, and then Cisco, I, I started sending him just, like, ideas I was making, and, uh, you know, he was, like, come out to L.A., like, and um, offered me to stay at his place and shit, and I was, uh, it was, like, a couple years of, like, I was still in school, and then I started high school, but I officially, like, just stopped going to school, like, beginning of 11th grade. Did you just hate school? I never I really hated loved hated it, man. Yeah. I was just, like, I was always stoned, and, like, I was just trying to get out of my hometown, man. I was just, like, so ready to leave, like... It, once like the snow falls and you're like damn it's about to be winter for the next nine months like you know it can like kill motivation nice. and i was just like not gonna let it kill me
1: you so know? you were like get, let me get the hell out of manitoba and yeah. get to la pretty soon yeah so literally that's l- funny
2: because i love where i'm from man now it's just like i love going back but at that like 16 year old me i was just like i gotta do something
1: hey guys it's me i want to talk to you about a product that i fully endorsed and love and one of our sponsors Nothing new. And basically, who said eco friendly needs to look eco friendly? Nothing new are amazing sneakers. It's sustainability with style. Some of my favorite sneakers all around. They've just done a collaboration with Thursday's Boots, the actual people behind Nothing New. And Thursday's Boots are also my favorite boots. And these sneakers just rock. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, they're awesome. They're made from recycled plastics, they're incredible. Um, they only come in about, I don't know, let's say six to eight colors. They're incredible. Check out Thursday's Boots too. I love Nothing New. Go to nothingnew.com and check out the sneakers that are eco-friendly and sustainable and my favorite sneakers to date, Nothing New. But well, you yeah. know, when you're passionate about music and you have no way out of a place and that's yeah. like your only goal is to get out of there yeah. because you feel like you're limited. I mean, that's really, that's like a and motivation. So in a way, it's probably great because yeah. it might not have led to... And it, it was
2: cool because I was watching like a lot of people, like I was super inspired by Mac Miller and how he came up, because I was like, damn, like, that's me. Like, I just, you know, the way he was with his friends and yeah. putting up these videos, so I was super inspired, and I was just like, I'm trying to do that, too. Um, so I came out here when I was supposed to, yeah, I guess it was, like, 11th grade. You were I,
1: at that age, you were 16?
2: Yeah, 16. Probably just about turned seventeen. I just turned twenty-two in June, so.
1: And you had not really produced anything. It was more on the performer tip, right? The singer songwriter tip versus like being a producer. I'd
2: no, I I mean I'd been producing
1: everything, so I had probably
2: like a hundred songs just that never even came out that I would like just send to people and like you know that's obviously what like Cisco was hearing and um, yeah, I mean I was trying to produce, so I was I was definitely learning behind the scenes. Like I feel like by the time. I finally made something I wanted to show the world. It was like, I'd been producing and doing this for
1: years. So I was like seasoned in already. You had like you know? five platinum albums at 16 or <laughs> that something. That no one ever heard, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. That's funny. So, at, and at a certain point, you end up meeting like a lot of this crew along the way. You ended up meeting g and you ended up meeting yeah. Jesse Rutherford. So take me to the process of you starting to work with Cisco mm-hmm. to kind of leading up to where we are today and how that all worked out for you. And yeah, how man, it, it,
2: it was super just like, it was so random and good things just kept happening. I've been I've had a super lucky few years. I was staying on Cisco's couch. It was the first like my first flight ever pretty much was coming down here. I was living on the couch of Cisco's studio. Um he used to have his like He lives in Malibu, right? Yeah. I know his wife. Oh for real? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Barb. Barb, she's cool. She's sweet. Yeah. Um so he was friends with, Nash used to be his intern before oh, Nash wow. was making music. I didn't know that. So I just wanted to like go shopping because I didn't have a car and I was just out here. You like
1: Supreme and all
2: that shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love Supreme. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, man, Nash took me shopping and then we just became super close and started making music together. And, um, you know, I would go back to Canada. I didn't have like a visa yet, so I was on some back and forth situation. So when I would go back, we'd be like producing, um, over like the internet and just, you know, kept in touch. So through Nash's, you know, I got back here, Nash started doing super well. Hate you love you started going crazy. Um, and then I was just kind of on every tour with him because he was just like, You want to come on the road? So I would play guitar with him and his set and then I would open and um, we did that for like two full years.
1: Is that how you got your deal? Because 'Cause you're on Atlantic Records. We should talk about yeah, that, yeah. right? And you're not
2: it that was this was way before I started to cut you off. It was like oh, yeah. we were touring and that's how i met you know jesse um through uh jesse, jesse rutherford yeah jesse rutherford from the sorry, neighborhood yeah from the neighborhood yeah. who's now you know a really good friend of mine we we work a lot um we were just touring and and then you know it was kind of like i was still making music i was homeless like i'd come back to la stay with friends do whatever but then i'd go on the tour with nash and we we were just we went around the world man and we were like in in europe and everywhere it was so much fun i'm so thankful for those days i was just Thinking about it yesterday, like we had so much fun because we didn't really know what where anyone would like end up doing. But and sometimes we were just like living the, in the moment.
1: Sometimes it's not even really about the money early on, right? It's just about like getting the experience. Yeah, man, it's, it's
2: never been about the money. Like I probably I probably had like eighty bucks in my account, but I have like per diem to get food, and like I didn't I didn't care. You I, know, I, I, I was I've just, been there, so I know the feeling. Yeah, me? and I feel <laughs> like I feel like right before. um Good things happen. Bad things had to happen. Definitely, so definitely, that that definitely was the course. And and then somewhere along the lines, like I was still putting out music, and I I'd put out um, a song called Memories that I ended up making a remix with Jesse Rutherford and uh, ASAP Ant from the ASAP Mob, and that was like my real first song. I feel like that was getting some shine. Um, after you know, um, it was after two shots. So 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 somewhere along the lines of of me and Nash on tour, we made
1: two shots in a hotel room in Dallas the two shots we should talk about it has something. last I checked I don't know if it was like 43 million yeah, I think it's 14, plays yeah. on yeah. Spotify yeah. that's gotta feel good I mean you know again like coming from being homeless yeah, being man. a kid who starts playing guitar at four there's <laughs> no way to not look at that accomplishment goody and be like 43 million people man no matter whatever happens in life like <laughs> I I've definitely that. accomplished something pretty massive right yeah. it's crazy and, and the numbers are crazy and, and it's crazy that you can connect with that many people I mean you've done a handful of tours, right? But you haven't been touring for ten years. There's artists yeah. that have been touring for literally twenty years that will never achieve those kind of plays. So, right. how did that song go viral? How'd you make it? You guys wrote it, but obviously yeah. it had to get out there, and all of a sudden, it kind of explode. And that was sort of your biggest break, I would assume. Yeah, right?
2: definitely. And that took a long time. Like people weren't really listening to it off the bat, too crazy. um But but we were touring and we were pushing, and and I was opening for Nash, and and then all of a sudden it was like it took like 6 months probably to hit its first million and then you know
1: and because was there a video for it or it just sort of no nah,
2: this was even pre-video it was just super random it started getting like you know 2 million streams a month 3 million like it was just started climbing and i was wow. i was, I had, I didn't really know what was happening what but, do you
1: attribute to that to just this you know the the subject matter or i mean what 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 was it cuz yeah, songs don't go viral without something behind them, or just, it's well, a great song, right, but, but there's, there's other great songs that don't see the light of daylight, like yeah. so what do you, there's got to be a reason why you would think that that would, I really of,
2: don't know, it was such a weird anomaly, because it was long after the song came out, you know, it just started to pick up pace, and, uh, I guess
1: some things you can't explain, right, they just sort of happen, yeah, and, like I, and
2: I continued to put out music, so it was kind of the thing, I feel like every song I put out was just pushing back to, like, the traffic of two shots, and, um, yeah, I was putting out, you know, music very often. Just uh, different styles, like, I put out. I was really just trying to push the, like, genre thing. Like, I, you know, my music touches in a lot of things, and I really don't think there is a set genre that I could even decide on myself, because I have some songs that are just me and an acoustic guitar, and then I have some songs that are, you know, 808s, and maybe like a, like, 3-6 Mafia-type drum pad, and, like, something like that. So I feel like, at the time, as as Two Shots was building... I was putting out, every song I put out was like different. So I put out an acoustic song and then a more hip hoppy song. And I was just trying to set the tone of what I was about to do, you know?
1: Because even the stuff with Jesse is a bit more like poppy, right? It's almost like, it's not as like, I wouldn't say it has like an R&B feel as much as it does like a kind of synth. Like you said, like an 808 alternative pop feel, right? Well,
2: me and Jesse's it's it, i think it's like my second biggest song yeah too we, high right yeah too high that's yeah. like a like 50s song yeah i don't know if you've seen the video it's yeah of like, course yeah super like wearing 14 suits million and,
1: 14 million on that one in terms yeah. Of the players, yeah damn really i didn't yeah, even know that
2: crazy that's crazy man and and that was cool because w- i just got off tour with jesse in in april or in may we did a, a really fun tour um it was his first uh solo headline tour outside of the band and that was cool because we would do too high in his set and whatnot and uh But no, going back to um, Two Shots, it was like 2017, I was still homeless, I just got off tour with um, a band called Laney. Sure. Yeah, and then I got booked for like a bunch of cool festivals, Um, I did Lollapalooza and Bonnaroo and Firefly. And was have, this
1: with a band or
2: just you and your guitar? It was just me and my guitar. Yeah, because it would be too yeah. costly to try and do all that stuff. Yeah, right, man, so. it was just me and my guitar. And
1: were you going like with a car at a festival or flying or? Oh, how we were flying.
2: Yeah, just flying. me and my manager. Okay, my now manager. He wasn't even managing me at the time. He was just like my best friend, and we uh, we were going to the festivals. And then I had my first ever headline show at the Roxy. Um, awesome. And I was living on on his floor, my manager, and like. I had this band open called Lovely The Band who are now like massive sure. and so proud
1: of them, man. And This was only two years ago. We should point that out. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're basically saying <laughs> you were homeless two years ago. So it's I crazy was. to see how things you got to be proud of yourself to see where <laughs> things are going. Right. Yeah, and, and, uh, man. and it's always a great inspirational success story when you hear, you know, because listen, it's not even it's, it's more about like, where is it heading? It's heading in, in an amazing direction for you. You know, obviously you never thought that you would be producing I I would assume G Easy Records and working with Blink one eighty two and all these acts, right? Yeah, man. So that's gotta be like a dream come true for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. And and I was a huge fan of G even, you know, growing up, um, when all his mixtapes were coming out and whatnot. But now, how did you guys meet? Uh, we met through a mutual friend named Jesse Yak, uh, who just like like my guardian angel and always like introduced me to people and stuff and I had this song that was just on SoundCloud. Called girls in the Suburbs Singing Smith songs. Um, a lot of people don't know that it's a great
1: title, by the way. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Yeah, awesome. So it was actually a flip on Travis Scott's album title at the time, oh, okay. Birds, Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight.
1: All oh, right, yeah, because <laughs> now, now, uh, you know, we work with Black Bear, now he's got that song Bad Girls of Summer, or like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, because it's Hot Girls Summer, and yeah. yeah, so it's funny, lot yeah, a
2: lot of girls in yeah, summer, yeah, suburbs. So, yeah. but um, I had just put that song out on SoundCloud. Cause I used to just put out music on SoundCloud and it was just like G's favorite song. So he would always DM me and be like, bro, I'm still listening to this song. Like, I love it. Like, um, so when me and him started hanging, we made what was like a remix to the song. Um, but that became the official version that's out everywhere. Uh, I put that out last August. That was our first collaboration.
1: Um, when people start hanging out together, they kind of like resemble each other. So I told you when I met you the other day, <laughs> you guys remind me of each other a little bit. Right? Yeah, it's definitely a similar situation. <laughs> Even the way that you say, I mean, it's not obviously you. You have very much your own styles, but you can see why you guys bond. Yeah. and like the connection because now you're. You said I think you're producing or helping. Yeah, we work a lot, man. Right? He,
2: yeah, he's like we work. We work on his stuff a lot. He's gonna be on on my album, and we're just. Me and him work so much that like there'll be a, a lot, a lot of stuff coming from, you know, the both of us together soon.
1: That's awesome. I and mean, you have the Charlotte Lawrence tour you're doing now, yeah, right? And you just released a new song, right? Let's talk about that a little yeah, bit. Man, yeah, man.
2: I, I just put out uh, a song called Wasting Time. Awesome. I think I think it'll be on my album, my debut album. Um so that might be, you know, the first drop off it.
1: And uh, the imagery is great of the video, black and white, almost like lo fi, very, very yeah. cool aesthetic, like we spoke about, right? So you're signed to Atlantic. How yep. did that come about?
2: But yeah, so so back when I had my first headline show at the Roxy that I was saying, um, I woke up, like, I was still just living on my manager's floor. And he was like, man, you sold out the Roxy, like, let's go. So I had, I played that show, and then um, the next day I went for lunch with Rick Rubin because uh, he had some people come to the show to check me
1: out. Did he come himself? I think, yeah. Or maybe but, it was Isaac, who I, we know. Isaac, shout out to Isaac. Isaac's my up. boy, man. I was yeah, just texting just, Isaac. Just email me a second ago, too. Oh, for, me for real? Made, yeah. <laughs> you know Isaac very well
2: damn i just i was just with him friday yeah um, um yeah he he came i i think rick came i don't even know man but all i know is i got a lunch set up like the next day i went for lunch with rick we talked for like four hours
1: and for those of you who are living under a rock rick rubin <laughs> is the quintessential and probably the most amazing record producer maybe ever or definitely one of them um I'd say so, i've rick. had the pleasure of having dinner with him before with That's my buddies best. in the chili peppers he pulls on his beard and he's like a super <laughs> yogi actually isaac has this tv show that's out with him now yeah, on showtime Shangri-La, Shangri-La, which oh, is all I about said. their studio so i'm assuming that you'll probably record in that studio at some point yeah absolutely and so when you're sitting there having dinner with rick rubin are you like all right this shit is getting like real like yeah uh, man we just I'll
2: had we just had like the best talk about just like life and and everything and um like probably that week i signed a publishing deal with him so I was, like, still completely homeless, and he was just like, let me help you out, man. So, yeah, my life really changed that week, and then I continued. You know, I finally got an apartment. Uh, Rick helped me with all that, and then I just kept making music and putting music out, and then I ended up signing with Atlantic later that year. And do you work with Craig Kalman? Yeah, cool. yeah,
1: Craig's the man. Craig is the man, yeah. So, and you work with, you know, all these other artists too, and so you're, we talked about it a little bit, but, like, so now your career path, it's sort of, it's concurrently producer and singer songwriter, right? You yeah. have a full length album coming out that yeah. you're working on now. Yeah, and still finishing up. Yeah, yeah debut so w- album. What do you prefer, like the producing thing or the singer songwriter thing?
2: I love it. I love it all, man. I would like to produce for other artists, and you know, I want I want to be like Rick when I grow up. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, I love I love performing. It's my favorite thing. I love touring. I love I love singing and and playing guitar so I I think I want to keep doing both forever and keep producing my stuff and and I don't produce all my stuff I work a lot with a duo called the Futuristics and uh, oh. um you know they've been helping me a lot with my album and Travis Barker
1: and uh, well, let's talk about that right the other day you go to Vegas yeah. you get to see Blink play. And they bring you on oh, that, stage, so,
2: right? No, the other day was at the Forum. The that Forum, was another, sorry, sorry.
1: Why did I think Vegas? I but I had to
2: open for Blink in Vegas okay. in, in November 2018. I was
1: mixing the stories. Yeah. but So you go to the Forum... And you're literally, like, you get brought on stage with this Yeah, guys.
2: well, it all started November 16th and 17th, 2018. I opened for them at the last weekend of their residency at the Palms Casino in Vegas.
1: And we should say, well, you said it before, but it was literally one of your favorite bands growing up.
2: Oh, yeah, my favorite. Like, so you yeah. couldn't,
1: was that, like, at, to this day, was that also <laughs> one of the pinnacles of your career, would you say? Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
2: And, uh, yeah, I mean, Travis, like, heard of me because I was such a big fan. Like, I'm, I'm like, the biggest fan, you know? That's cool. So... Um, but not in a weird way, in the way, like, like, they know, like, I just know it all. Like, they're, like, at the show in L.A., like, what song you wanna do? I'm like, I could do any one, I know all the words, <laughs> right. like, just tell me which one, you like know. Just
1: get off the stage, I'll do your song. <laughs> yeah, you I'll right do there.
2: the set. <laughs> so he had DM'd me on Instagram and asked if I'd come open for them. So I went and opened the shows in Vegas, and we became super close. They brought me out for the first time there to sing a song called Dump Weed, which was the intro to uh, the album Enema of the State, which the tour they're on is, like, the 20th anniversary tour. Um, So we kept in touch, and we kept working, and, um, you know, he's, he's helped me out a lot with my album, and this is actually the first time you get the big premiere news. No one knows, but it's coming around the corner, so this fall I have a song coming with Blink amazing yeah
1: you heard it here folks I heard it here first song on, on
2: lip service i can't even say anything about it yet but it's coming out yeah. yeah i don't know what it's called yet um but it is coming very soon
1: and do you sing with them or like how, what's <laughs> can you give away anything
2: i don't know but <laughs> okay. the but, but goody grace and blink 182 is a thing
1: <laughs> that's a collab that's awesome brother. yeah that's such and, that, a cool and thing
2: that'll like. yeah i mean that that's gonna be the coolest thing of my life so far, but I did Adam's song with them, yeah, at the forum, and, and it was great. So I think that friendship, is, you know, means so much to me and G and and MGK. Now we've been working, and um, I'm you just know, do
1: you know Dom Youngblood too? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. Dom. Shout out to was Dom my too. boy, man.
2: Yeah, it's great. Um, so it's yeah, I think I'm a generation. I'm in before. the video for the song, the uh, I think I'm okay. the oh, yeah, uh, MGK yeah. Youngblood and Travis. You work with him too? Who's that? Did you work with Dom too? Like I've never producer? worked with Dom on music, but um, I'm in. The video, oh, that's cool. Just, just looking pretty, trying to.
1: <laughs> that's funny because I, I was gonna say I feel like I'm like one generation before Bling but I actually watched a Travis Barker, one of his drumming videos like yesterday. It somehow popped Insane. up somewhere, and I'm like, this guy's a monster. Like you forget, I don't get it because there's you know there's been other stuff around in the band and whatever, and he went through that horrible accident years ago. But mm-hmm. as a musician. I mean, man, he's like, the guy is a monster. Yeah. He's incredible. And he's like the greatest drummer. I
2: don't yeah. even know how he
1: does it. I watched this video. I've never seen it before. I'm like, one-handed shit. He put like, the well, towel on his head. Yeah, the towel on the <laughs> head. What's going on here, man? Yeah. I don't even, like, I watch that. And I'm like, I'm just going to stop playing drums because when I see that, I'm either super inspired or I just quit. You got to look up the, the videos
2: of, like, on the tour right now. He goes in this, like contraption that goes upside down and everything oh yeah yeah it's Tommy wild. Lee
1: did that too that's that's oh, definitely yeah, something yo. I don't think I would ever do that it's crazy <laughs> I'm just trying to keep the beat but um but man so it's awesome so this year ahead for you a okay, good you got so let's talk about the Charlotte Lawrence yeah. stuff like is there a collaboration with her or is there I know there's a tour with her right? yeah
2: I think there'll be a collab yeah I really want to get her on my album I've been friends with her for years and her music's incredible and uh yeah we she was like I've known her from way back from when I first came to LA just you know being young we're like the same age out here and um it was before she was even making music
1: because she was like a model first i believe yeah, yeah. i think so yeah
2: and um yeah, she's so talented. I'm so proud of her, and she asked me to come on the tour, and uh, I, I think it'll be a really cool fit. So, I so hope, you guys I are hope. playing the Fonda
1: Theater, I believe, right? Yeah,
2: Fonda in L. A. Webster Hall in New York. Awesome.
1: You know the dates on that? We should look it up. There, out tell people. somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah check I mean, out the website goodygrace.com. Goodygrace.com. com.
2: You know, that's on my Insta. Her check Insta. Check out Goody, at Goody Grace. Right.
1: At we Goody gotta Grace give. We gotta everywhere. give all the plugs. We need to give all the plugs. Absolutely. Right? So we
2: play L. A. Uh, play New York the 18th of November it's not loading but
1: yeah the 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 dates are out there it's on the website yeah check out the website I hope we make some music yeah that's awesome so the full-length record like what's the what's the timing of that do you think
2: man it was like you're kind of always working on your first album because you never know when you're gonna hit it you know I have I have enough music out to essentially have a debut album but I just have singles and then one EP called Infinite that I put out last March um that Two Shots was on and Um, so I feel like I've always been working towards whatever this debut album is, but I really locked in at the top of this year with like the concept and knowing what it is. And, you know, it's like a concept album. Um, what is the concept? It's, it's really just about like my life from my hometown in into my life now and everything in between and and my perspective on stuff and just a real like day and night flip. Like I grew up in a trailer park in, in Manitoba in the snow and, you know, now came to this and touring and everything in between and dropping out of school and so i just like i had a lot of stuff i wanted to say that i was like needs to be set on my debut album musically and lyrically and the people that are on it and you know it's get- awesome
1: well for your first record to be a concept album is definitely bold right because it's yeah. not you know Queen and all these bands and that kind of <laughs> stuff but that's awesome to, to do that so that's really exciting it's funny now even if you look at the perspective Goody, of how artists make it right because mm-hmm. I talked about this even with Cardi B the other day Cardi had an incredible amount of success before ever putting out a full-length right. record so I think the path to making it now is different and I don't know if, I'd love to get your take on it I mean clearly you could just and I maybe G I don't even know but I mm-hmm. feel like people can do what you're doing right they can put out singles they can get traction on videos and before you know it you have a good amount of success Without it used to be you had to just put out a record right, right. you couldn't put out just like random singles yeah so.
2: because it was harder to just drop a single and yeah. you know now, now you it's so easy yeah but I still really like albums and I think a lot of people do and good albums still come back around and um you know billy eilish or khalid or there's a you know my friend bozzy like there, there's a lot of people dropping
1: real good projects right now Definitely, and it's a good time for dark pop yeah absolutely
2: <laughs> and i just think it's necessary and, and i love dropping singles and i'm always going to drop spontaneous music here and there but it's been really fun for me to dive in and i kind of treated my album like a book or a movie like there's a beginning a middle and an end and um getting the you know people involved in it i worked with mr hudson on production on a song and um you know, Travis Barker and and then I have some really cool features that I'm gonna keep secret for now, but
1: we got it. well the the one breaking news is the Blink one eighty two, so we can yeah. definitely take that out of this, which Absolutely. is awesome. Absolutely. So twenty nineteen, we still have a couple months left of the year here. What are you gearing up for? We know that you got the Charlotte Lawrence tour. Yeah. You're at the Fonda, you're at Webster Hall. Yep. You got the I mean, realistically, let's say the album's gonna drop maybe end of this year, beginning of next year, right?
2: I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
1: And anything else that you're super excited about?
2: Yeah, I mean, Wasting Time's out now. Um, that I hadn't put out music this year yet. I just been quiet, making sure my album became what it needed to be. And I just wanted to kind of take this time to buckle down and lock away and make everything and be ready to you know, roll it all out to the public in the proper way. So Wasting Time is really the first song of this new chapter of my life. Um, so like, everyone,
1: check that song out. Yeah,
2: please. It's uh, out everywhere. There's a music video, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Awesome. Um, Any,
1: If you were like a kid, Goody, like getting into this business now and you were whatever it may be, eight or 10 or 12. Yeah. And you kind of, someone came up to you at that age, which I'm sure they probably do now when you're on tour. Mm-hmm. Do you have advice for kids like that that want to follow your path? Because, it's it's inspiring to hear. You know, you grew up in a trailer park, you were mm-hmm. homeless, you probably weren't even making any money, like you mentioned, no. up until a couple of years ago, right? And yeah. even now, the money you can make in music, it's like you got to do it for the love of it, right? Because it's harder and harder in music. When you hit it, you can hit it really big, but it's a different era, right? People yeah. make music, they have to for the love of it, because it's not what it used to be, unless you really are super lucky, right? So you know, what advice would you give to kids like that that are starting out and want to kind of emulate your path and your, you know, your right. success trail that you're doing?
2: Yeah, I think you just have to study and and, and be a student of the game and, and the past. And as much as stuff changes and it's the internet age, like you got to go back and, and, uh, and just learn. You have to become a nerd and like dedicate yourself. And there was really nothing I ever cared about more, even if I care about learning about other people's music as much as my own music. And I just really like live and die and breathe it and that's all I've ever cared about. So I feel like you just have to dedicate yourself 100% and you can't be like half in, half out, you know? Yeah, so go back
1: and study My Chem Romance, Tom Waits. (laughs) Yeah, go to Tom Waits. And and Johnny Cash. Just to know, man, it's
2: like I've just always been like if I'm trying to be the next one of those, I got to learn exactly what they did and where they went wrong and where they did right. And I think now that with the internet, you can look up anyone's story or any story. You could even look up just the history of like Software to make music, and Definitely. and you can look up how to EQ music on YouTube, and you can learn how to engineer and produce yourself and everything. You know,
1: man, what a powerful version of Johnny Cash's Nine Inch Nails, right? Oh um, yeah, her. That, that, that was uh, Rick, that Rick did, right? Yeah, man, what a, I get chills when I listen to that version. Incredible, I, know. I love Nine Inch Nails, but Me that's too, such man. a. That's one of Rick's highlights me for sure. But hey, man, it, w- it was great. I'm excited to, to, you know, be on this path and journey for you. I think man, you're awesome, Thank you yeah, for jumping and, uh, on
2: board. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And everyone go check out all things Goody Grace. So check out the video. Check yeah. it out on Spotify. Definitely check out also, I guess like for one last time, at Goody Grace, you got a Facebook page, you got an mm-hmm. Instagram page, you Everything. got a website. Goody Grace everywhere G O D Y Grace there could be like a MySpace page or it might be a MySpace <laughs> I'm not sure there's something everywhere and <laughs> check out the shows right so check out yeah, the Fonda me Theater definitely and uh, and definitely definitely pick up the album when it comes out yep. Goody is all things cool and you guys should check them out ASAP
2: and watch out for Goody X Blink 182 coming
1: oh yeah exclusive Yep. you heard it here first alright thanks guys see you next week this is Lips LA hi I'm Jingle Jared Well, hey there. Hey, Dennis Quaid is here. That's right.
2: And guess what? I have a podcast. It's called The Renaissance, and I think you should listen. I'm having some really cool conversations with some really interesting people like music legend Billy Ray Cyrus, housewife Beverly Hills, Garcelle Bouvet, and many, many more.
1: Listen to The Renaissance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.